we're going to be talking about just different emotions as business owners, as women business owners that we deal with from uh, really wanting to be in God's will with our life in our business, but that doesn't always just flow perfectly. There's frustration, there's shame, there's overwhelm. There's so many things that can hold us back that we don't always like to talk about. Well, I found a guest who actually wants to talk about that and loves to talk about that. I'm Christy Bilbrey. Right after college, I started my career in a Senate press office and then the White House. For the next seven years, I worked in corporate marketing before starting my own business. As soon as I did, the one thing I realized that none of those experiences taught me was how to market myself. Promoting yourself can mess with your head. Discovering brand storytelling and learning how to put it to work in my messaging saved my business. Once I learned this, I started teaching other business owners how to put it to work in their business as well. I created the Business That Storybuilt podcast to help strengthen the stories we tell ourselves and the stories we tell others. Audiences crave the human side of businesses. They want to get to know you, follow you, and interact with you outside of the buying experience. This can be intimidating to say the least. If you're ready to take your mindset and your messaging to the next level, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Thank you so much for joining today. I'm really looking forward to today's interview. I stumbled across someone on Instagram and she happened to be talking about something that I talk about, think about, uh, my clients talk about with me and just friends. And so I feel like, oh my gosh, this topic comes up so much. This is not going to be your typical um, marketing focused podcast, but my podcast is about the stories we tell ourselves and the stories we tell others. So today is definitely going to be getting into those stories that we tell ourselves. Um, we're going to be talking about just different emotions as business owners, as women business owners that we deal with from uh, really wanting to be in God's will with our life in our business, but that doesn't always just flow perfectly. There's frustration, there's shame, there's overwhelm. There's so many things that can hold us back that we don't always like to talk about. Well, I found a guest who actually wants to talk about that and loves to talk about that. So I am excited to introduce you to Jessica Hoddle. Let me tell you a little bit about her. She is a faith-based fitness coach, podcast host, best-selling author, and speaker with a heart for teaching women how to dismantle the lies that keep them from healing and wholeness. She's the author of four books, and her newest book is titled Face Off With Your Feelings, Break Up With the Lies of Your Past, and Embrace the Truth for Your Future. She is the host of What's the Truth, a show where she challenges the way her listeners think so they can change the way they live. Her writing has been featured by She Works His Way, Cross Training Couture, and Revelation Wellness. When she isn't writing, speaking, or coaching, you can find her enjoying time with her husband, John, being a mama to three cats and spending her free time outside whenever she can playing golf, hiking, reading, or writing in her journal. Um, I love hiking. So that's, um, I'm trying to find more time to do that before it's broiling hot here in Phoenix. So thanks so much for joining today. I'm really excited to have you on here. 
thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So I would love to know, just, you know, share a little bit about who you are other than the bio we just heard and what prompted you to start speaking and writing on these types of topics? Mm. Well, I always say just like business or anything that you do, typically everything that you do stems from something that you've experienced in your own life, right? Right. Um, Whether it's a situation, a bad breakup, uh, a relationship or an experience that you've had over time, it's typically what you do now and what you're passionate about is from that because you want to see a change in somebody else. Right. And the reason why I wrote Face Off With Your Feelings and the things that I talk about now is because I really saw two different sides of the coin where people will say, you know, don't have feelings, they're bad, they're not good. And then the other side will say, have all the feelings and it's okay. But for me, I felt like both sides just left people in, in, in their stuff, meaning they left them in their pain by saying their feelings didn't matter. And so they had, they feel like they had to constantly hide. And then the other side says that you can feel everything, but okay, I'm feeling everything, but now what do I do? Right. Where's the resolution? Where's, where do I go from here? And I really like to bridge the gap so that people can feel to heal. And really the gap is of course, through Jesus, but also recognizing that we don't have to deny our feelings. We just have to know that they're not the Lord over our life. Right. I always say that feelings, feelings um, are not sin, but feelings can lead us to sin you know, the way you treat your customer, the customer service, like all of that, you can have feelings about how people write into you or the things that you deal with or the comment you got on social media, but your response to that is what becomes the sin or not sin per se. And so for me, I want women to be able to honor their bodies, to be able to honor their feelings and pain without minimizing it, but also not leaving somebody in their pain. I think place I think that suffering is a place of visitation, but not a place of habitation. So that's kind of why I started writing and talking about that because it stemmed from my own life of being on an emotional roller coaster, from being okay. reactive, from being irritable all the time. And that was from hustle culture. That mm-hmm. was from trying to prove to other people that I was worth it, that I was good enough. And that really stemmed from my childhood into my teenage years of really wanting people to approve of me, to love me. And so I was walking around all the time with something out, my hand out, my cup out, my body, my business to just get the approval that I so desperately wanted. And so you could say I was insecure. You could say I lacked confidence. You could say I had all of these things that were masked though with confidence. And so it was Mm. anger, but it looked like I had my stuff together. I was upset and sad, even though I was happy and smiling. And so that's why I really am passionate about today is I want us to be healthy bodies, not numb bodies, just putting on a happy face. Do you feel like you kind of got to a breaking point or even if it wasn't a breaking point, kind of a, a time where you said, okay, I just, this is too much. I need to deal with it because um, I feel like, you know, I'll, I'll talk to clients and they'll have these amazing ideas. And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I love doing this. This seems to just flow from me. And then it's either, it seems like it's either right before or shortly after pulling the trigger that it's just kind of these, these feelings of doubt and second guessing like, oh wait, well, you know, what if this isn't right? Maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. This doesn't seem to be fitting. So maybe I need to wait for a sign. Maybe I need, you know, all these things. So, you know, in your own life, what did that look like where you said, okay, I just need to stop and start examining this. 
Mm. Well, I think that a lot of times we do things because other people are doing them and we see the results that they've gotten. And so we're like, well, if this person did a webinar or, you know, podcast or whatever, then I have to do it. And so for me, I knew that I was doing what other people were doing and was in the hustle culture mode and striving when I just lost all joy for what I was doing. Okay. And meaning I was just going from one thing to the next and nothing was sticking or even producing fruit income. Like there might've been a little bit of income wise, Mm -hmm. but overall it was just frustration and tiredness and just not really feeling happy because I was in comparison all the time. And I'm not saying you won't experience heaviness or uncomfortableness Mm -hmm. when you're pursuing the thing that God has called you to. Um, but there's times when for like, that was one of my moments is when I was just exhausted or didn't really know what I was called to do because I got so lost when everybody else was called to do. Sure. Um, and like I created a membership site and I kept it for a year and I had no business creating a membership site, but I wanted to say I did it. And then I had it, even <laughs> though it was not producing any profit. Um, but we do these things. So I don't know if that answered your question, but you know, when it comes to, if you're more referring to like that imposter syndrome and you know, you start to do something and then you have that doubt. Um, I think there's a lot of things that can kind of come up for us for that, but is that kind of what you were wanting of my, my aha moment, or did you want me to talk more about that? Well, I guess, yeah. I mean, just, just, um, so women can kind of see where, you know, where they are in their journey, kind of where you were in yours. So I think just, it sounds like what you're saying is just, you were, kind of looking at the business world at online marketing and feeling like, okay, apparently this is what I need to do. So I'm just going to go out and do these things because that just looks like that's what you're supposed to do. And then when you were doing them, it wasn't, it didn't necessarily feel like it was connecting and flowing the way that you, like something in you, it sounds like was giving you some sort of pause or hesitation. Mm. Yeah. So if I take you back even to when I started working, so I started working at a young age at the age of 16 and mainly because I had to support myself and take care of myself. So pretty much every year after that in the summers, I'd be working three jobs just to, because I thought that's what you had to do in life was to work. And I really wasn't taught about life and, you know, like fun and, and things like that. And so um, I started working at a retail management place, a retail store and became a manager shortly after that. And I was there. That was my main full-time job from 16 to 24. And at the age of 22 though, is when I started my first online business, um, mm-hmm. through a direct marketing company that I'm still with today. But to take you back to that is to help you understand that I was still, I didn't even know Jesus at that point. I didn't know Jesus until I was 22. And I'm um, at the time of supporting 34. So you can see that I took into the business world, a lot of beliefs about striving, a lot of beliefs Mm. about what I thought I had to do. I wanted to prove to people that I was smart enough that I could do this because I didn't want to not do it. And then people say, see, you couldn't do it. Cause I had so many people saying, well, you're young and you don't understand. And everything in me hated that phrase. And so I just was continuing to show up and to strive and to do things that, you know, I was never called to do. I remember listening to a preacher talk about, you know, this one question. And I always ask it, did God ask you to climb that mountain? 
Mm. And for me is, am, am I called to climb this mountain or am I climbing? Cause I see, you know, my sister climbing it, you know, my sister in Christ climbing it. And my work ethic started in retail um, and then worked into my business. And it just continued because of all the insecurity and doubt that I had went into my work so that I could somehow prove to the world that I was worthy of what I was doing. I have found that um, having your own business seems to really intensify whatever insecurities or struggles that you have personally. And you think, oh, I can just, you know, focus on my job. I feel like when it's your business, it just kind of magnifies it. <laughs> so I feel like oh, yeah. you either have to face it or, um, you know, I feel like there's consequences, even if, you know, whether that's your business goes nowhere or your business becomes everything in your life and you kind of shut out a lot of the good things. But um, I love that. So, so you were able to see exactly where that stemmed from, but, but probably not at the time, you know, at the time, um, what did that look like when you, when you realized, oh my gosh, this is like, I guess, how did you start dealing with that? So, you know, women, I, yeah, well, we'll start there and then I'll, I have another yeah. kind of similar question <laughs> to start dealing with it. If I'm honest, uh, I didn't start dealing with it until probably I was 27 or 28. It was well into my business journey. Um, kind of living one foot in the kingdom, one foot in the business world. Sure. And it wasn't until my body just started to break down. Okay. So when my body started to become unwell, you know, thyroid issues and mm. things I'm still experiencing the fruit of today from the hustle culture and the beliefs that I carried about go, go, go. And you have to show up and you have to do this. And, you know, things that we say in the business world that are so weird, like rest when you're dead, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, so for me, it was, I just have to keep going. And when you have that mentality that you just have to keep showing up and you just have to keep striving and white knuckling your way into life, into your business, into your ministry, sooner or later, your body's going to catch up. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was, I was tired all the time, but I didn't correlate the two because at the same time I was working retail management and working summer jobs. When I got to a point, I bought my first house at the age of 22 as well. Wow. And so when I bought my house, I turned my basement into a studio. So I was personal training. I was teaching at a local college. I was teaching at local gyms and, wow. and still working retail while growing my online business. And so you can see that I was doing a lot of things yes. and it caught up to me in my minute to late twenties. And again, my body is still healing from that now in my early to mid thirties, but that was one of my moments when I had to begin dealing with it because it's sad to say that I was pretty much forced to deal with it, to really recognize. Now I was dealing with some of the emotions because I had a spiritual father at the time and kind of like counselor that was really helping me work through some of the pain that I experienced as a child and my teenage years and the beliefs that I carried and the anger that I had, but to really deal with the business side wasn't until my mid to late, mid to late, you know, twenties where my body just was like, Hey, we can't take anymore. And I don't want you to get to that point. Okay. <laughs> like I don't want, that's why I'm passionate about what I do. It's like, I don't want you to get to a breaking point so that you can start repairing. I want you to repair now before a breaking point happens well, or whatever. Yeah. And it's interesting because, um, I, I feel you had mentioned that you were already dealing with 
things that had happened in your childhood, things that had happened as a teenager. Um, and I think just especially with what's, uh, you know, we get so much messaging about, oh my gosh, you know, this impacts your whole life. You need to be dealing with these things. And so I think a lot of women to one degree or another are, and so it's easy to think, oh, well, either I've already dealt with that or I'm already dealing with that. So that shouldn't be impacting this, you know, kind of like, isn't that taken care of? But it's so interesting that you said I was dealing with this, but I hadn't even started dealing with my business and how it was affecting my business. So just the fact that, okay, I've recognized I had these struggles, these issues, and I'm dealing with those doesn't necessarily mean, oh, you're in the clear, you're good to go. Like there's still more to unpack. So how did you start, I guess, what were kind of the light bulbs that, okay, that's not necessarily translating here and just automatically resolving itself throughout the different areas of my life. So what did that look like when you started uh, realizing you needed to do that in your business and how you went about that? Well, I believe that everything changes from the inside out. And so a lot of us, will we try to just get more planners. We try to do better <laughs> at time management. We try mm -hmm. to, you know, set more boundaries, all of good things. But for me, it was when I changed my relationship with God that everything else changed. And so the internal state changes the external state. So if I'm going to focus on time management, then I'm still carrying beliefs about time management. But if I'm rooted in Christ and biblical principles and my relationship with him, then how I view time management, how I view rest, how I view what I'm doing means that I'm loosening my control. I'm learning to trust God because I didn't have that trust for a long time. I looked at God as this God of like, he's here. I'm down here. That's the way it is. Uh, I'm going to put, here's God in my little relationship, but here's my body. Here's work. Here's relationship. Like everything was kind of in its own cubby hole versus God. And then everything else in like in inside of that relationship, and so for me, it was when I began to receive his love, walk out that process of for him to love on me, instead of me just knowing that he loves mm -hmm. me, because there's a knowing and a believing and living it out. And so do you live like God loves you? And I'm not saying that I'm, I'm arrived or I'm there yet, but that was one of my light bulb changing moments. And over the course of the years is where it really began to change because relationship takes time. Right. And right. so it was over that time that when I really began to understand scripture um, and not just cherry pick or open up in a feel good, it was, okay, this is the character and nature of God. This is really what he, that he is for me. And, and what does this look like to live that out? Mm -hmm. And I still have to hash it out with business because when, like you said, when you work from home or you work for yourself, it's a whole other ball game that comes mentally with that um, because you feel like you're never doing enough. You feel like you have to kind of strive for that income to be produced. And mm -hmm. we have to remember that God's our provider and we are really just the planters and the waters, you know? And so for me, it was when my relationship began to change with God, that's when my business and everything else began to change in that fruit. Yeah. And I think, um, something that I hear a lot and I've thought about at various times in my business and I've seen with friends and with clients, what can hold them back 
is getting really excited about something feeling like this totally ties in with my, my gifts and, and my heart, my passion. And here's a way to apply that in a business sense. And then, um, and then either right before or shortly after tons of second guessing and holding back and saying, well, what if this isn't right? And it's kind of this doubt and uncertainty. And I think I may have even sent you when we were messaging um, beforehand that she, Jessica had posted on Instagram, something that immediately made me think of James one, six through eight. So for those of you who don't know that passage, um, it's basically saying when you ask for something to believe the Lord, not doubt, because the man who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind, um, that they are double-minded and all they do, and that they shouldn't expect to receive anything from God. It's kind of a, um, it's hard to, it's hard to hear at times, but I think processing that is also okay. You know, dealing with that doubt and there is going to be doubt that arises, but I think, um, especially as Christian women, that can be a little bit of a stumbling block from going for it and maybe perceiving challenges that might be natural challenges as maybe this means I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe this means I should be doing it a different way. Oh my goodness. What if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing? And instead of allowing, um, I want to do what God wants me to do to be like a beautiful path, it becomes a stumbling block. And so I think navigating that, if you have any kind of tips or advice for kind of navigating that space that I see so many women get stuck in, not maybe for days or weeks, but sometimes months or even years. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. I, I hear it in the women that I work with as well. And I don't know where we got this idea that following Jesus is going to be and feel good. <laughs> That's really at the root of why, I mean, it's one of the roots. Another root is fear of success. Another root is fear of failure. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the biggest roots is when things start to get uncomfortable, that it's not right. And then it's not right. good. But when things get uncomfortable, whenever we're learning something new, it's going to be uncomfortable and it's going to be challenging to read. Think about the first time you started reading the Bible. Think about the first time you started learning math or a new topic or crocheting or knitting or whatever it was. It's uncomfortable and it feels really awkward and it feels hard. But the more you do it, you're like, oh, this isn't that bad. Like you're now you're teaching somebody else how to knit and crochet or to do whatever that is. So I think one of the roots really is that this idea that if I'm following Jesus and where I'm called that I'm not going to experience any hardship, I'm not going to experience any mm -hmm. difficulties or it's going to be comfortable. If we could get rid of that. Yeah. I think we would be able to move forward. The other thing I think comes a lot, and I'm this again, I'm a deep thinker. So it's, I think a lot of it has to do with our theology of God. And so, so many women are afraid to make mistakes because they are afraid that God is going to basically shun them down and put them in a corner. Mm. And so they want to get it right because they're afraid of what God's going to do to them. Yes. Um, in so many words. And so I think those are some of the, the difficulties that we face is that we want to kind of work our way into the approval of God. So we don't want to get it wrong, but then we also have that fear of failure, fear of success, fear of rejection, fear of what 
people are going to say all the things which I'm sure that you've heard just as much as I have of what if I start doing this podcast and my mom thinks it's stupid and my sister says it's, you know, why would you do that? And she questions me and then you start questioning your call. And so I think those are the, some of the things that just issues of just asking yourself, what do I believe about God right now? Do I believe that he is for me? And that I know that even if I make a mistake, I can still say, oh, that wasn't the right way. And you can get back on. But since we carry so many beliefs and emotions, they start to compile on top of each other. Mm -hmm. And we might not even realize that that's a reason why we don't want to move forward. Um, so, I mean, again, you can talk about imposter syndrome, you can talk about all these other things, but those are some of the roots that I think that we really get hung up on. Yeah. And I love in, um, you know, this, in this book that I'm excited to read face off with your feelings and, you know, just that it doesn't, I feel like, you know, we can feel so overwhelmed by emotion that we begin to think, well, if I'm feeling it this strongly, then I need to, then surely it's right. Or surely I need to do this. And we start being led by our feelings. I love how on your website, you say, instead of feelings being the, the caboose, they yeah. are kind of everything and what leads us. So I guess just kind of, you know, advice you have to women for what place do feelings have in decision-making and in your business and mm -hmm. how to navigate some of that? Yeah. Well, I'm sure we probably heard like, don't make decisions when you're angry. Like don't make decisions when you're heated. Like, I think that when it comes to any kind of decision, we don't just take emotion off the table, but we have to know, like you said, where it's places. And mm -hmm. for me, I always try to tell people, give yourself space, give yourself a day because we can hear and feel something very strongly. Like this is the call. Well, is it still there tomorrow? What does that look like? Is it something that you're thinking about constantly? Um, now, emotion in business, it depends because we still have to have compassion or even mm -hmm. empathy towards clients and customers. Sure. What does that look like? And so we don't take the emotion out of it. I think that emotion has to have its proper place according to the situation. Mm -hmm. You know, if somebody's, if a customer is heated with us, we're not going to get heated with them, of course, you know? So as far as decision-making, when it comes to emotions, I just think, again, it depends on the situation of looking at things logically. My husband is more logically thinker. I'm more of a feeler logical, so I can do both and knowing where you stand. So if you're more of a feeler, then you need somebody more logical to balance you out because our bodies and our brains are made up of both. We are one side of our brain loves logic and the other side loves feeling. And so if we can more learn to look at situations with both, the more are actually, I feel like we commune with God and really walk out the Holy spirit. But most of us can tend to be feelers or more logical thinkers. Mm -hmm. And so if you know that you're more of a feeler and you need practice thinking logically, like if you took your feelings out, what is actually the situation happening? Uh, oftentimes we project onto people what we're actually feeling. You know, if a customer says this or somebody leaves this comment, we project that onto ourselves, even though they're the ones projecting it. So we carry that and then we begin to live that out into, into what we do. And so if we can take ourselves out of the equation more, um, it will help us to make decisions. But 
I think it's, it's kind of a tricky question when it's not specific, but I think that knowing if you're more logical, you might need somebody to help you walk through customer service better, right? <laughs> Cause some people might, you know, they might just give you the facts, but then there's no compassion or empathy there. Sure. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, that does. I think, um, I think it's, it's trying to be aware of how much of this is based on facts and do I need to bring in more of the emotion or how much am I making this decision based on how I feel right now? Or kind of like you said, a one-off where maybe somebody left a comment and you think, gosh, if this person left this comment, then is that how everybody feels? Maybe I have no business doing this. And it's just, you know, um, it's, you can spiral quickly. And I think it's just kind of having that check that, you know what, this is emotion, emotions can pass. And is this something that is true? Or is this something that's just a, you know, heated emotion in a moment? Yeah. Something I talk about in the book, my book, Face Over the Feelings is discerning the truth. It's a whole chapter, but something that I like to really help me if I know if I'm believing the lie or a truth is the fruit it produces. So, you know, are your thoughts producing, you know, destruction? Are they producing death? Are they producing sadness? Are they producing like just feeling tired and brain foggy? Or are they producing joy or clarity or, you know, um, precision and discipline and obedience and action? So if you can just take that and go, okay, am I believing the truth or am I believing a lie? Because a lie is always going to take you down while the truth always takes you up to some extent. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean it feels good all the time. It just means it's not going to leave you down. It's going right. to take you somewhere. Right. Um, and so that to me is always a practical way of helping me recognize, is this emotional? Is this logical? Where am I on that spectrum so that I can really, you know, make a decision here? Yeah. And I like how you emphasize um, it's not that your feelings are the enemy. They deserve a place in in your life, in your decisions, in your business, and you know, fitness and health and these different aspects of life. It's just, you know, finding that right place to, to give them. And so I think sometimes as women, we can be told, oh, you know, you're just saying that because you're emotional where it's like, well, there is a place for that, but do we give it too much and, and kind of figuring out how do we know where we have that, the right place for that? Cause I feel like it is a unique gifting that we've been given to, you know, in general, kind of be more of the, the feelers and we're sensitive to certain, to, to a lot of things. Um, but I think finding that proper place so that we can have a functional, healthy business and, and life. Um, yeah. Yeah, so. no, I agree. I think, again, I think that's where we can fall into the two ditches of, feeling all the feels or not feeling at all. And this isn't something you're going to walk out perfectly. You're going to get it wrong. You're going to make a mistake. You get to say, sorry, you get to repent. Like you get to do all of these things as the body of Christ and as a believer. But the, the most, the best thing about it is God redeems everything that we give to him. And so what I love about that is just this idea that yes, I'm going to make mistakes and I'm going to honor that. And I'm going to walk through it. And I'm going to process and go, hmm, okay, like this is what I need to do better next time. Or this is just something I can change next time. And so again, it's not about being perfect because 
in the beginning of the Bible, when he's doing creation and he said, God said, he calls it good, but he doesn't call it perfect. Mm. He calls it good. Hmm. And we expect perfect, even right. though God never said perfect. And so right. I think it's just important that we are not making ourselves our own gods by saying we need to be something that we were never created to be, especially in a fallen world is perfect. Now our spirit is complete and perfect and sealed, but our body and our soul is walking out this renewing process and this sanctification. Just having that peace that I'm never, I will have never fully arrived and it's okay to be in this state of struggle. Um, but I need to make sure if there's something that's constantly weighing on me, I'm figuring out where this is and where it should be, but not expecting, oh, once, once I have gone through this, that I can check the box on that because we're going to be going through that over and over. (laughs) That's unfortunately just, that's normal. And, you know, I think it's easy to kind of put other people on a pedestal and think, well, this person, surely they have it all figured out. Look at what they have and and that comparison and, um, and just realizing that no, no one is ever there. They're all dealing with it and it's okay to have, you know, these struggles and dealing with it. Um, well, and, and just tell us a little bit, a little bit more, um, face off with your feelings, you know, what, what that really dives into and, um, just to encourage women who are listening to go and, and check that out, get that book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it really, like I opened up with it, it really bridges the gap between feeling and healing. And so if you struggled with feelings, you feel numb to feelings, you hide with feelings, or if you don't even like to feel at all. It can be for the non-feeler, it can be for the feeler, but most importantly, I really walk you through how to actually go to God with your feelings. One of the big things, so I take a lot of clinical and I take a lot of biblical and I make it practical. Easy to understand. I talk a little like basic, basic neuroscience, fight or flight system, how our brain works a little bit, because all of that matters in how we actually begin to heal and walk this out with the Lord so that you're not carrying just around pain and trauma. Again, I just, I just scratched the surface, but it's a starting point for you to begin to process with the Lord and heal. And at, toward the end of the book, I talk about like the renewing process. And, you know, for me, it was like, you just need to renew your mind. And for me, it always drove me crazy because I was like, how do you do that? Um, so for me, I really walk the reader through you know, how, why is this happening? What's happening in your brain, how to actually renew your mind, different ways and techniques and things that you are doing to change your brain, um, according to truth. And so just really all of that, but most importantly, just somebody that really wants to heal. They want to go from feeling to healing, but not healed, mm-hmm. right. In the sense of soul, because your soul is always being renewed, but really begin to walk out that process with the Lord. Yeah. And while we've been talking about that mostly in a business sense today, I mean, her book really covers that across the board, you know, with health, with fitness, with business, with relationships. So definitely encourage you to check that out. And you can check out Jessica on her website, jessicahoddle.com and um, same for her Instagram and um, what's the truth is the name of her podcast. We'll have that information in the show notes as well. Jessica, thank you so much for joining us today and just sharing a little bit more about your journey and your advice on navigating this interesting road we find ourselves on. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. 
To succeed in business, you need brand awareness, authority, and trust. To get those, you need visibility. Podcasts offer each of these. It's a unicorn platform because it gives you the scarcest resource in digital marketing, attention. Did you know that 80% of podcast audiences listen to the entire episode and more than 50% consider buying from a brand or individual that they discover on a podcast? Building your own show and audience takes years. Grow faster by guest speaking on other podcasts to get more leads, build your SEO and strengthen your brand. To learn how my agency can help, email me at hello at christybilbury.com.